You're Paul. I'm the new Sprintern. Ah, uh, Sprint Plus. Intern. Yeah, clever, right? I'm gonna look at getting an amazing iPhone 8. Yeah, because they have an all-glass design, advanced cameras. I'm going to uh, going to give your second phone to your new friend. Wow, Paul! Now lease one iPhone 8 and give a second one on us. Visit your local Sprint store, Sprint.com/iPhone, or call 1-800 Sprint One today. iPhone 8, 64 gigabyte, 29.17 a month. Second iPhone 8 after 29.17 a month. Credit applied within two bills. Requires two new lines or one new and one upgrade with 18 month leases. Early termination results and full balance due. Exclusive tax subject to credit and third day activation restrictions apply. to the paranormal it's the kevin cook show and your hosts kevin cook and heidi hollis well good evening it's good to be back with you for another edition of the kevin cook show and we've got a great guest and paul eno he'll be on after our first break and uh oh uh heidi hollis is in chicago traffic she has her <laughs> she he sounds like she's in a wind tunnel because she's not gotten back from work yet. Does this sound like a wind tunnel? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. But uh, I've got some good news stories, though. And uh, here's an interesting one. This You don't come across this. It's a federal government job that will give you free food, housing, and, of course, a job with a salary. And what you have to do is more or less be a caretaker at uh, in Garnett, Montana. And uh, Garnett, Montana has basically the state's oldest intact ghost town left over from the 1880s, you know, gold rush, silver rush, all that. And it's run by the Bureau of Land Management. Now, uh, this is an interesting job. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no nothing. Uh, there's just It's just in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I'm sure you'd have to run your prop you know electricity off a generator or something like that but it has a side kicker that it, it's not just uh you know an out-of-the-way job but uh you uh the state historian ellen baumler uh claims that there's actually ghostly activity in garnett montana including transparent figures player pianos going off uh, voices uh all kinds of ruckus and uh, this is an interesting job for somebody that's so inclined. So you could contact the Bureau of Land Management for Garnett, Montana, and you'd be in the high cotton out there. So uh, <laughs> for those needing a job change, I just thought I'd recommend that one. And uh, all I, I might do, I might volunteer to do that job then. <laughs> well, all you have to do is some light maintenance, and then for sightseers, you know, give out little brochures or some such thing. So it's not really that bad. But, uh, you know, of course, Paul is a, our guest tonight, is a long-term, uh, old ghost and paranormal investigator. And uh, we'll see what Paul right. thinks about that Montana job. Now, there was a sighting of a UFO over, uh, over the Christmas season in the states of Morelos and Puebla, Mexico, in central Mexico. And uh, this was a pretty doggone good uh, 
slow moving UFO and uh, it's been on YouTube and all kinds of people have seen it. And basically what it was was it's over it was centered over a volcano. And this is not the first time they've seen UFO activity over, you know, volcanic activity and so forth. And I thought that was a little something different for the for the Christmas season. And guys, I gotta tell you this. I smell a major rat. <laughs> and uh, I don't mean just a little ruckus. I mean, most of you, of course, are familiar with the negative events of uh, New Year's Eve in Germany as far as uh, women being raped and groped and, you know, Muslim refugee gangs by the hundreds. And really, uh, uh, going all through uh, Cologne, Germany, and other cities, too. And I mean... Guys, I smell a rat. I mean, I don't know what the rat is, but it is a big, smelly rat. Now, firstly, well, I don't care whether everybody thinks this is politically correct or not. And people could be Muslim all they want as long as they keep it out of my face. I don't care what they do. You know, I don't care whether they're Hindus, Muslims, whatever. Who cares? I mean, it's not not my call. It's God's call with what he cares about. But how could you get fished out of the drink, make your way all the way through Greece, all the way up through Eastern Europe to Germany, supposedly getting to their promised land, and then you reward the Germans with raping and, and uh, getting in fights with, with women and all this. I mean, what kind of insane bozos would do that? And what I'm trying to say is it's more than just what it seems. Uh, not that my father was the greatest genius that ever drew a breath, but one of the things he said is you'll find in life that things are seldom the way they tell it. In other words, there's always more to the story. And number one, you start with a deal where why this Angela Merkel woman, Chancellor of Germany, would take in 1.1 million uh Muslim refugees, never saying a word about the Christians who are being persecuted left and right. I mean, for all the, you know, breast beating about the poor little Muslims and all that rot. Uh, I've never heard one word about uh, the genocide of the, you know, Middle Eastern Christians. They just whistle while they work while that's going on. So that's odd, too. But to do something as drastic as to take in, you know, a million residents in a in a culture that's totally totally different it's like mixing oil and water i mean uh these are not people that are just going to come across the border like you know mexican immigrants they'll come in here and you know earn a living and fit into society and, and go whistling down the road but uh these are people that are trying to come in and change society to form <laughs> a society similar to what they were escaping from, which is really bizarre. In other words, what I'm trying to say, if you get the big picture, there's something that doesn't add up. Uh, I don't know who's pulling the strings, but it doesn't make sense for Germany and many of these other countries to commit cultural suicide and cause all this ruckus. It just doesn't. I mean, your first duty as a government, whichever government it is, the Russian government, the Chinese government, whatever government, is the welfare of your citizens, supposedly. And you're not <laughs> you're not doing the citizens any good by having them raped and uh, and these these uh, bizarre cultural groups coming in here and trying to have Sharia law when 
you're supposed to have state law, city law, whatever. And, uh, I mean, uh, nobody would let the Christians come in here and, and enforce Christian law. So what I'm saying is someone is, is working to negative ends towards Western culture. That's what I'm trying to say. And like I say, I don't care about Islam, could care less, uh, don't believe in it. Matter of fact, I even think it's satanic. But as far as if people want to do it, do it. But keep it away from me. And uh, what I'm saying is this is not a cultural change that is going to, uh, going to work. It's not. In any event, what I'm saying is the events from this New Year's Eve deal are, of course, they're causing all kinds of repercussions in Germany and all through Europe. For example, Sweden was a country that had the lowest crime rate in Europe for years, years. And now these, these immigrants come in there, and Sweden now leads all of Europe in rapes. I mean, they're the rapidest bunch I have heard of for people that are so hypocritically wanting women to wear these burkas and all this nonsense. They're, they're a raping crowd. But anyhow, I, I see something very strange here, folks, and I don't mean to just go crazy dwelling on it, but it's a big issue and it's going to be a big issue here sooner or later. And it already has in Canada too, because they've taken a, a open door policy to these immigrants and they're not like sweet little kindly immigrants coming over here and kissing the shore when they get here. No, 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 no. So, and they've already arrested quite a few, uh, undercover terrorists, if you will. So I don't know. We'll just have to see that plays out. But I may ask Paul about this, too, because this is not your average kettle of fish here. And uh, it's not going to go away. And there's somebody else pulling a string here that doesn't make any sense. So we'll see what happens. Now, the next couple shows are going to be pretty good. Next week, we're going to have Megan Barth on, and we're going to have a political show. So looking at the candidates and all these kind of things. And we're also going to, on the January 26th, have the Aztec UFO case, which is a, a very interesting case. It's not been highlighted that much. And there's a, it looks to be one where there's a lot of validity to it. So those two shows are coming up and uh, a lot of other things in the works too. But let's go to our first break and, and we'll be right back with Paulino. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access. Live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? 
Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter, I underscore, R underscore N, and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore, R underscore N, and never miss a great show again. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Actually, we have a very excellent guest in Paul Eno. He's been on the show before, and uh, I always enjoy his visits. He's a 40-year paranormal investigator. Uh, he's got a big-time uh, drive-time show out of uh, Woonsocket, isn't it? It's a suburb of Providence, well, Paul? Well, you have to say Woonsocket, Kevin, or they'll know you're a foreigner, like from Texas or somewhere. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I'm a Florida from Florida. I'm a foreigner from Florida. but. Okay. But uh, yes, but uh, anyhow, I, I, how has Ben doing? Your your son Ben, you've you've had a show with him or had for years and have had for years, and uh, I was just wondering how he's doing on the job search and all that. Well, th- thank you for asking. He's uh, he's getting married in April, and uh, oh. uh, we've been on the air for eight years together, and people listen to him grow up, so to speak. Yeah. On the air, so uh, our slot is changing because you know he's a working stiff now, um, yeah. with his hundred and fifty thousand dollar degree from Emerson College in sound design. He's unable to, and his CBS connections, he's unable to find anything in his field. So he, I is, know, uh, <clears throat> it's despicable, Paul. It is. I mean, it's not just Ben, but okay. There's a subway. I, you know, I'm a vegetarian, and and uh, 
there's not much I can get for fare out there. So I, I go to Subway restaurants a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's another, there's a school, Texas Christian University, you know, they're big football people, you know, TCU and all that. Mm. And, or have been, I don't know how, but the last couple of years they have been. But what I'm saying is there, they had some graduates working as like assistant manager types, or maybe not even that, just hands in these subways. And this one kid had like a, a master's degree in communication, you know, radio and TV communications, whatnot. And I said, now, wait a minute, kid. I know TCU is expensive. I don't know what Emerson is. Mm. TCU was, we said 150, but that's about like this place because it's like 25, you know, 30, 40 grand a year, whatever. And uh, this kid had a master's. So, I mean, that lays on more. And I'm saying, buddy, you're you're working in this this, uh, subway restaurant? And Paul, he went from there to better himself. He became assistant manager at a Starbucks coffee shop. <laughs> oh, my ears and whiskers. There is a, yes. there, I know of at least two holders of doctorates who yeah. are working as cashiers at Walmart. Really? Here in the in this southern New England area, yeah, it's it's uh, it's really scandalous. But so perhaps uh, I don't know if that makes Ben feel any better. But he's uh, mm-hmm. he's doing rather well. He's got in, got into some. Uh, he's learning some carpentry. And I said, for, if nothing else, when you get your own house, which hopefully will be soon, then you'll be able to fix it and save a lot of money. So he's picking. Oh, whatever you learn in life is good. Oh, it is. But I mean, compared to when I got out of college, and probably you too. Uh, you could do anything you wanted as long as you, you know, zipped up your zipper and didn't butt your tie, or, you know, tie your tie wrong. Well, precisely. Something. Well, it's a, it's a different world, but but Ben is yeah. uh, he has some some irons in the fires. He's still practicing yeah. his uh, sound art, and he's uh, yeah. he's got some possibilities with uh, uh, a rather big director I don't want to mention and some oh, yeah. other things. So th- there are things happening. Oh, but he's I getting know. married in April. He's not a kid anymore, and it's kind of a shock. That is kind of a shock because our. Oh, well, we're still going to do the show together and work together because he's. Uh, we're, they're moving us to a Sunday slot. We've been in Monday drive oh, time okay. forever, and right. uh, that'll give us a a chance to uh, do offsite uh, broadcasts and uh, have oh, overseas okay. guests when it's not the middle of the night for them and all that kind of stuff. So we're looking forward to that. It starts January twenty fourth. Well, I've always enjoyed your show. Yours is the only one I listen to religiously, other than mine. Well, that's I mean, very I, kind. You know, well, you, you've but, been a good well, guest uh, with us. Uh, we enjoyed it. We'll have to do another show soon. Well, you know, we might because I've got a lot of good material on uh, Padre Pio that nobody oh. much highlights. Uh, Ben's fiance is a big fan of uh, St. Padre Pio. Well, we might do that sometime. Yeah. But, but you know, uh, there was a, I had a news piece. Heidi, the, our co-host, she's in Chicago traffic <laughs> fighting through that. <laughs> She knows she, maybe she'll be on with us, maybe she won't, but I, hopefully in about a half an hour. But uh, I did the, the news piece before the show, and Paul, I mean, this is not in the paranormal area we'll talk about later, but I smell a big rat, Paul. And in the polit- political and international arena, and it's with these Muslims pouring into Europe and all the ramifications that occurred in the New Year's Eve thing, a bunch of rapes and dramatic accostings in uh, Cologne, Germany, and other cities in Germany. And yes, I am not a great fan of Islam. I'm not. I'll, I'll admit it. I'm not being hypocritical about it. But like most Americans, I you know, if you keep it out of my face, I don't care if they want to be, uh, you know, Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims. Don't care. I mean, I just don't want to be flogged with it. I mean, if you're going to have a, 
a secular country. You know, I'll be a Catholic where I am, and you can go do what you want to do, and that's all there is to it. But they don't, like here in, in town, Paul, in Irving, Texas, which is a suburb town of Dallas, uh, they were trying to have Sharia law. And uh, you, that would be, you know, you can't just have a, a whole other law system and no go zones like they'd have in, in Britain where uh, they let the Sharia police or whatever run the city or the little sectors that are no go zone sectors. I mean, Paul, that's insane. That's not the United States. No, I, I, I don't usually speak on these matters. However, one, uh-huh. one cannot uh, ignore the fact if one is a responsible citizen that um, national sovereignty, unless we're going to not have it, um, yeah. there has to be some order and regularity. And there, I'm not aware of any time in recent history when people have come to any nation and expected the nation to change for them rather than, right. you know, if if you expect that, then perhaps you should stay and work to better your own homeland. You know, and that's I know not it's xenophobic. the most bizarre it's thing simply... I've ever heard in my life. It's it's so bizarre. Well, we live and, in a time when up is down, down is up, white is black, black mm-hmm. is white, and and it's uh, everything that used to be right is wrong, and everything that's used. To, I mean, it's, um, I think the older I get, the less I understand the human yeah. race. You know, um, I I don't know. It's uh, you know, I try to try to concentrate on higher minded things. Oh, and, I know. Uh, I, but this is so dramatic that I had to. It is. It's it. difficult. <laughs> One can't ignore it. And as I say, be a responsible citizen. And I, I'm a veteran. I believe yeah, you I are, too. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. uh, you know, what, what did we do all that for? You know, I mean, if if, if not to no, no, no country is perfect. Uh, no. There are all kinds of things that are wrong with this country or that country but you learn from it and america and the british too i might say have kind of learned from things that could have been done better in the past and uh but that doesn't mean you're bad or evil or need to be propagandized and and you know what really bothers me and this is the last thing i'll say about this is that when i hear people in our country trying to stifle free speech being afraid of words yeah, all yeah. I can think of is the are, are the dictators of the twentieth of the twentieth centuries, particularly Hitler, Mussolini, and many others. Idi Amin, surrounded by the bayonets of their of their guards because they were afraid of words and thoughts. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. Well, that it is bizarre. Here? It is bizarre. It really is. But see, I guess what I'm saying is, of course, there's a problem with this group assimilating in this country, et cetera. But more than that, I guess I was looking at the conspiratorial uh, end of it because, uh, well, you know, this, this show has a heavy component of conspiratorial themes. And mm-hmm. I hate to go back to, you know, my sainted father again, but uh, well, I said in the news piece earlier that, uh, he, you know, what his famous saying was, it's seldom the way they tell it, but uh, it, it's certainly true. And the story that the government comes up with is usually about one-tenth truth and 90% fabrication. And what I'm saying is, why would a government act to the, to the negative of its citizens? Why would they, they do these things that are damaging to their culture? Uh, I mean, you know, bringing a, a, a million rapists running amok by the thousands in Cologne, Germany. And I, mean, I don't this- know. I don't understand that. Uh, of course, remember, for the past two generations, 
uh, we have been, uh, maybe not us, our generation, but um, the, perhaps our children's generation has been educated to believe that what is, well, in other words, let's, let's just say the hippies of our, yeah. I, I forget how old you are, I think we're about the same vintage, right? About the same, yeah. Yeah, but the hippies of the 60s are now in charge. They're in government, they're, they're running pretty much everything, and it shows. Now, they had some good things to say. There, there were some bad things mm -hmm. about those times. There were things that, that, were, that were mistakes. Um, people did not have any sort of global sense, and they should because we're one species. But on the other hand, I mean, there are reasons why things were as they were and are as they are. And uh, it's not necessarily because our ancestors were stupid. Not at all. No, no. But I, I just, I, in other words, I'm saying that in my humble opinion, and that's all it is because it's not based on any, anything I can prove, but my, my strong suspicion is someone's pulling the strings above Angela Merkel and, uh, well, also relative to our lone president. And, well, yeah, I, I mean, Paul, there's only like, I mean, there's only like a very tiny percentage of our population that is Muslim. Yeah. And in, yeah. in theory, there should only be a very small, tiny proportion of them that are extremists. So, I mean, how come this is a daily effort of emphasis these days? Well, That's if you want to... If you want to get wild, Kevin, I can take this right into the paranormal realm, right from where sure. we're speaking. Right? Oh, yeah. um, there has much, much was made of the idea that uh, Ben and I suggested on, I, I think we were on coast to coast, it was 2011, middle of the night, of course, my part of the country. Yeah. And uh, we, we spoke, Ben and I spoke for <clears throat> quite a while about whether we should say what we were going to say. And uh, even George Nury said, I've never heard you this far out before. Oh. And for some time, we had um, been having the same dreams. This is Ben and I, not George and me. <laughs> um, yeah. We had been sharing a certain number of experiences unbeknownst to the other. Uh, mm. I would start a dream uh, telling about it. He would finish it. And they were, wow. they were the same. Um, there were a number of, uh, I suppose, experiences that occurred during meditation, something I've been doing since I was pretty much in the seminary uh, many, many years ago. Uh, ben himself is of a spiritual uh, temperament and uh, learned himself how to do that. And we found out that this is one of the reasons he started working with me in the paranormal field was because he had a sensitivity that was really astounding to me because I tend to be more academic uh, and and uh, to, to rely on experiences from that point of view. And I also you know, sense things. I mean, you work with this stuff long enough, you pick things up, you know what to look for. But he he operated from an entirely different uh, point of view, and uh, not, not point of view, but in a different uh, experiential base, so to speak. And uh, so together, we just sat down with him and said, something weird's going on, even if it's just with us. And maybe we were schizo, maybe maybe we're crazy, but we believe that we were, um, as we were talking about our multiverse idea, this idea that there are many, many different worlds all around us, and uh, you know, in the sense of the some some of the quantum ideas that physicists, some physicists seem to embrace, uh, and that uh, uh, we have lives that are being lived, lived parallel to this yes. one. And it's really all one life. And uh, this is where our legends of reincarnation comes from. And when you see a ghost, it's usually somebody who's just across the, the barrier. They're going about their daily lives. You know, all this stuff we've talked about before. Yeah. So we uh, decided that uh, we were 
experiencing a series of uh, uh, another world family, as it were, uh, in, a, in a quite a different realm that we referred to as the good world. Now, oh, we're really? all, yeah, I mean, now everybody is experiencing, you know, I think the, the content of our subconscious, in my opinion, is, is, is simply the, this, these parallel lives. And uh, we can access that, I think, if you're aware of it, uh, to gain wisdom from you know, parallel lives you're living again. It's all you. Uh, where here you have maybe not made the same mistakes you have here, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that's why Mozart could could compose concerti starting at the age of four and have them be brilliant. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that sort of thing. You know. Right, so uh, right. maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're right. The trouble with that that point of view is that you can. Uh, be fingered as a schizophrenic and they'll fill your pockets full of uh, antipsychotic drugs. And I think I saw that. Yeah, Yeah, in in, uh, working in psychiatric hospitals as a seminary student many years ago. Some of these people were so knowing when they looked at you and they it, it was I was convinced they were experiencing real worlds that we couldn't see and I've actually spoken to groups of psychiatrists on this and they and in public, they will the you know, steam will come out of the ears and their eyes will turn red. But then, when they speak to you individually after, they say, "You know, I've often thought of the same thing, but I don't dare say it because I'd lose my oh, job." Sure, it would. Yeah, it would rattle the boat. That know. that's the kind of thing. So Ben and I went on coast to coast of thirty million people and started talking about this good world, right? And uh, George was surprised. We expected a deluge of criticism and laughter and everything else. Yeah. We received over three thousand emails. Two. Oh, really? Two were negative, and one guy later apologized. We couldn't believe it. People, people were, were were telling about their experiences in this place or places, and they would say things like, "Well, I was here at this meeting, and I was there too, but I'd never said a word about it to anybody." All these amazing parallels started to uh, to emerge. People who'd had the same experiences, and again, things Ben and I had never talked about publicly, I'd, I'd never written about. It was absolutely mind wrenching. So well, you know, the, I could believe that the world is just way weirder than we we could anticipate. I mean, well, it's uh, not just that; it may be headed for something very serious because uh, it seems that. Um, in the studying the parasites, again, another subject we've talked about, you know, the, the living beings that we feel are interdimensional. Oh, I, I tell you what, I don't mean to halt you, Paul, but we're coming yeah. up to our, our half-hour break. We'll be right back. Hey, it happens. Okay. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network. Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. MJ. 
Well, it's good to be back with Paul. And, and Paul, you're one of the only people I can talk about this that won't think I'm uh, ready for spot the loony or something. <laughs> but, but uh, okay, now, I, as I we were talking in the break, I'm not just crazy for Texas, but it's such, and, you know, people would probably say, you know, just get out of Texas. Well, yeah, 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 but it's harder to do once you get economically entwined in a place. Sure. And I'm not 15 anymore, you know, if I'm just out of the Army, yeah, I just call it. But what I'm saying is, it's the extent with me, as soon as I cross the Texas line over into Louisiana or Oklahoma, it's almost like, ah, it's like somebody just took a steak out of your back or something. Like that. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I, I'm not overly crazy for Oklahoma and Louisiana, but it's just, ah, just a relief. But there's other little places. I'm, I'll tell you this quick story, see if you've had any parallels. Years ago, before I even knew anything about Texas, I was working out of Atlanta, and uh, there, you know, I would usually not fool with South Carolina much. I'd let my business partner travel up there, and I'd go to Florida and northern Alabama and stuff. But there was like a little feel to a place like Greenville and Spartanburg, where you could go to Spartanburg, South Carolina, and they were nice, and the birds were singing, and the sun was shining, and you know, we were just selling shipping tape and shipping supplies, just very prosaic things. But you'd make a lot of calls during the course of the day, and you got a feel for people. You became very, you know, salesmen are like predators, and uh, not negatively predators, but just they have to have keen senses, you know, because you're picking on people's emotions and notions and everything else. Okay. And doing it over every day, every day, you get very keen in your senses. And but what I'm saying is that I would go from nice, happy Spartanburg to Greenville, <laughs> and it was like they were a little nest of vipers. They're not that far apart. No, they're not. But what it is, is just in that short distance, it was the difference of night and day. And what I'm saying is there was a fellow I met some 10 years ago that was a lot older than me. I mean, years older than me. And he'd been a contractor out that in that area. And he had the same experience. And he was from Texas. I mean, he had no, you know, dog in the hunt, if you will. And, uh, and I was from, you know, Georgia or Florida. It didn't make any difference to me what, what South Carolina town I was in. It was just he had the same impression from a different uh, occupational setting, everything. And other people have said the same thing. There are certain atmospheres seemingly in different places, sometimes inexplicably. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of a case that Ben and I have been working on since 05 or going on 11 years now in central Connecticut. We've talked about it a lot on our show. Uh, we've talked about it nationally and it uh, is a flap area, as one might say, an area with uh -huh. intense paranormal acti activity where the phenomena do not necessarily seem to be related. You've got UFOs, Bigfoot, ghosts, poltergeist, you know, you name it. And even the military is there or has been. Oh, yeah. Is and, that like, uh, uh, is that like, oh, what's it? Uh, oh, golly. Is it the one in Massachusetts? Uh, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle? Bridgewater Triangle, yes. Is it yeah, like actually, it's, uh, it is, to a certain extent, only uh, only a sort of exacerbated. We call it Connecticut Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, really? Based on the Utah thing, you know. And uh, oh. there have been what appear to be cha public changes in behavior 
from time to time. In other words, uh, and we documented this, this is starting in 09, that's when the military showed up. There seemed to be uh, inordinate numbers of people. Now, this is within 100 miles of New York, but it's not an area that, that it's really quite rural. I mean, there are areas where the cell phones don't work, that kind of thing. Oh, really? But there were inordinate numbers of people way beyond the statistical probability uh, suddenly started driving on the wrong side of the road. Oh, wow. uh, when this was noticed, because there were accidents, when this was noticed in, in the media, uh, everything changed and people started driving off the road into trees in ridiculous numbers. That was noticed. Oh. That stopped. And uh, suicides began. I mean, th this, this went on and on. I mean, at this point, it's still kind of goofy over there. But there's something really strange about that that area. Well, I, I'm sorry what, to jump in on you guys, but I'm here now. Hello. Hi, Heidi. Hey, how's it going? I thought you were talking about Chicago drivers. And then you said suicides. And I'm like, nope, they're too prideful for that. Okay. <laughs> well, that would not be on the statistical probability in Chicago. I'm yeah, sure. driving on the opposite side of the road happens all right. the time. Sure. <laughs> well, now, now Paul, what, what, what uh, geographical area of Connecticut is this? Uh, is, what's towns it near this? Yeah, it's a, it's pretty much the western the western part. It's uh, our case started in Torrington. Connecticut uh, with a, a beautiful 1793 farmhouse with the sixth generation of the family still living there. It was beautiful. Uh, in the course oh. of 10 years of the case, it turned out they were distant cousins of ours. And oh. uh, the woman had read in the attic and said this multiverse thing is the only thing that explains the zany things that are happening here that don't seem to be related. Uh, yeah. For example, uh, people would, would, would be sitting in the living room and see legs hanging from the ceiling, walking as though oh. on a surface that did not exist in our world. Uh, our first five minutes there, Ben and I walked and sat down at the dining room table. You could feel people walking behind you and around as if it was a normal day for somebody else, which, of course, in the multiverse, if that theory is correct, that's precisely what it is. Uh, I went out and, and witnessed a uh, an invisible horseman or somebody galloping by uh, i was standing on a wall in the driveway and there was um an amazing that you could feel the breeze the leaves were moving but you couldn't see it you could hear it and went galloping down this drive out uh, through this road that apparently didn't exist in that world uh, and then in 09 we were making a pilot out there with, with a rather well-known director who I won't mention, but uh, the little boy who was four years old said, oh, my, my invisible, his invisible friend, Ashwar, he called her Ashwar, was up in the tree. It was pitch dark, bitter cold, November of 2010. I went out, I pointed the, uh, the uh, infrared camera up there, and oh. you can see the result on the behind the paranormal Face with Paul and Ben, you know, Facebook page, and yeah. uh, the the video is rather amazing. About six seconds in, there's this thing coming down out of the tree. It looks like a giant white tadpole. Kind really? Of thing. And uh, yeah, well, the, 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 this is documented. Have you had Bill Hall on? I think you've had Bill Hall, the author. William no, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, you ought to. Yeah, he wrote a book on this. Case. I, I jokingly said you should write a book about this, and he did it. Wow. Yeah, fast, faster than a flea on a date. He and his, his publisher, too, out came the book just this past August. It's called The Haunted House Diaries. And, oh, uh, yes, I definitely need to get up with him, sure. Yeah, definitely. So in but, any case... But, so the, uh, yeah, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just sorry. saying, so, and this has been gone on and on and gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, I don't know if you know Mark D'Antonio from MUFON. He's an uh, a, 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 well, I, I, would, I wouldn't call him eminent in the field, but he's an astronomer. 
and uh, he does all kinds of interesting work. Uh, feet on the ground, like you wouldn't believe, lectures at UFO conferences, and he's uh, MUFON's director of audio and video analysis. Uh, he was knocked uh, on his side by this this video and uh, a number of other things. So we brought him in on the case and he himself had an experience uh, with his father when he was younger in this area where he, he came up and they were stopped at a roadblock, but all the trucks looked like they had, they were 30 years older than they should have been. And the, the, oh. old, the uniforms were older. They were told to go back. Not, they couldn't come down the road. They went, they, they circled around, they came back and everything was gone. So these are just examples of po possible time slips and things. I mean, this this whole area, this, this is a normal day in that, that vicinity for a number of people. And uh, there's also a farm where the military activity was centered. Uh, we've been watching that. Uh, we were told through a, a contact I have in the intelligence community to back off that property. Oh, really? Uh, there's no farming going on. Uh, there's all sorts of other inter other interesting things. So, so th this is an example of a strange area that probably well, isn't Texas. It, is it kind of like that that northern New Mexico, southern Colorado? That's another little vortex, isn't it? Uh, I forget the, what it's called. The, uh, the, the, the Dulce area. Where the, the, no, it's uh, golly, I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, I know. The, there's a valley. I know. I know the one. You're yeah, thinking. valley, San Luis Valley, or something. Yes, like that's that. it. Alien abductions have supposedly taken place there. Yeah, UFOs, uh, Bigfoot, you name it. Uh, well, the bizarre, Skinwalker these, Ranch kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the trouble with the flatberries, it's difficult to know where they they begin and where they end, where the borders are. Really, the whole planet is haunted, as as John Keel had said. But in this uh, in this Torrington area, we uh, we sort of triangulated. We we, we took the farmhouse as a point one of a triangle because we we do find these things operating most. Uh, uh, potently within triangle areas, oddly enough, and, and there, there's always an inner triangle and, a, and sort of an outer circle. Okay, at least maybe that's arbitrary, but that's what we find. And th then we we drew a line from there on the map to this farm I just mentioned, and and then uh, we we triangulated where point three would be. So sure enough, uh, there was a point, and this is while we were making this um, uh, pilot, uh, the footage of which we have never been allowed to see. By the way, because never a lot been of odd, to see. never been allowed to see it because odd things happened. Of course, the TV series that was, that was supposed to result from it never resulted. I heard through the grapevine somebody stomped on the producer to, to just kill the thing. That's oh. what I heard anyway. And uh, so yeah. we got to point three. Ben identified it, and that was a very strange place where. Uh, we, you'd go down from the road to an embankment and then down to a brook, which would come in from the woods. It's split in almost a perfect circle around this island, joins again, goes flowing away. And on this island were all these stones. So Ben had one of his experiences during that. He tends to go into deep trances and sometimes he other things happen. And... Uh, it was just really strange. And sure enough, all these strange trucks are coming and going up on the road from a, a, an abandoned or supposedly closed summer camp. And this is in November. Coming back and forth, white, white vehicles. And Ben said, they're looking in the wrong place. I suppose I shouldn't be saying that on the air. But this is, uh, you know, going, this is five years ago. And they were looking for point three themselves, apparently, according to him. And uh, I don't know. So Ben said they're probably doing research on these, these, if you want to call them portal areas or areas where these world intersects occur, 
which is why they're not out in the desert someplace. They're within 100 miles of New York because they have to go where the intersects are. Because wouldn't we just love to militarize the paranormal? That's Heidi, aren't there, uh, uh, Heidi, aren't there some bizarre places in Wisconsin I thought you were telling me about? I mean, some little... Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of hotbeds of um, UFO activity, uh, military bases that are suspicious, and uh, people claim underground facilities. And while I lived there, I had uh, a handful of military abductions, you know. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That, uh, you know, I, I'm suspicious happened on a base over there. And uh, from the looks of it, anyways. So there's there's a lot of activity. In fact, it's number two, last I checked, number two in the country for UFO sightings. Uh, Wisconsin uh, is. Uh, Heidi, do you mean that, that the military was abducting people? <laughs> the military grabbed me. <laughs> grabbed you? Grabbed you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For what? I, I would what like they... to know, too. <laughs> well, how do you, how do you mean? Were you, were you held for... Uh... I'm sorry, Kevin. I'm used to being. Oh, no, no, go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it's all good. No, it, it's uh, they're 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 termed uh, my labs, military abductions, and uh, I mean I, I I detail it in in uh, one of my books, and yeah, it was just the strangest thing. I I'd never experienced such a thing before. Uh, I'll just tell you briefly the first one that I had. Um, I lived alone, and um, I woke up because a guy was yelling at me, and. <laughs> And uh, he's, I'm like sitting in my pajamas, sitting at us in a chair, and I'm looking around like, where the hell am I? I'm like, and this man is, I look at this guy sitting it behind a desk, a metal desk, and uh, he's got a white shirt, navy blue tie, and he's slamming his fist down on the desk, saying, "You gotta tell us where they're at. You gotta help us find them." And I look to my right, and there's a guy in full uh, camouflage gear with a rifle. I see the puke green paint on the walls and the, uh, what do you call the, the, the cement blocks. And I'm like, this yeah. is a military base. You know, my dad was military forever. And I'm like, help you find who? I'm like, where the hell am I? And then I heard the guy or somebody to my right or behind me say, oh, shoot, she's waking up. And boop, I was out again. Interesting. So what, what do you call that? that that's crazy. I, I, I'd love to read that. I haven't read that book you've written, Heidi. Um, oh. Why don't you get in touch off the air? I'd love to. I'd love to get hold of it. Uh, oh, but, oh, she's got more experiences. She, she has enough experiences to scare a Godzilla. That's quite a scare. Crazy. Well, well, that's fascinating. Uh, I there seems to be some evidence, at least from what we've discovered or, or think we've discovered that they uh, have already developed that, that they certainly have had the ability for some considerable number of years to manipulate the, the multiverse you know parallel realities to to the point where you can they can do there's there can be some limited travel uh everybody knows that they project stargate things of this kind uh back in the 70s was involved with uh remote viewing trying to use uh, psychic abilities to uh see what the enemy's doing to do recon and to perhaps uh, detonate uh ordinance th that sort of thing but um 
we we only know like 10% of what is actually going on. I learned that as a journalist. And I think what's, what's happening here is that there may be some ability to um, get into your head. And sometimes the physical activity doesn't actually occur, at least not fully. And uh, they can still pick your brain in, the, in that way. So in, in some ways, they have already weaponized the paranormal. Yeah, Th- that's That's what I think. Oh, I, that that totally makes sense. I, I I truly believe it. And the things that they're they're doing, manipulating, you know, out of anything and everything that I personally experienced, the most, just I don't know. It made me so angry to, that our own yeah. people were manipulating and grabbing their own citizens and trying to make them seem like they were nuts for knowing that. They were someplace else. And and just so you know, that book is called The Secret War because it is a secret oh, yes. and there is a war going on. So, Well, the question arises, were these our people? Because one thing I've learned in the paranormal is that nothing is what it appears to be. Oh. This could have been anybody or anything. Right. It could have been the, It could have been parasites. Uh, as I was speaking about before, because many of these, uh, I've been I've been kind of consulting for, off and on with uh, Denise Stoner and Kathy Marden, uh, the, the, uh, the abduction experts from uh, right. Wolfon and that kind of thing, and uh, because they kept running into cases where people would start having poltergeist activity in their houses and all kinds of uh, quote unquote demonic activity when they were having UFO experiences, and the question mm-hmm. arose: Do these experiences? Um, do we, do we label them based on our own limited understandings of what this is going on and our own limited epistemological paradigm? Uh, do we not um, sort of close the door on any kind of new thinking on this? And I think we do. And um, I think the label may depend on the context of the experience. In other words, if you're in your kitchen and a wispy thing fl- floats by, aha, a ghost. Or, But if you're out in a, some field somewhere in the woods and there's this wispy thing with maybe a disc or, or, or a huge orb over it, aha, an alien, you know, right. yeah, that could be entirely arbitrary. Oh, I yeah. guess so. I never really thought about that, but sure, that makes sense. You know, and it's, really everything's from our point of view, but maybe it's the first day of school. <laughs> you know? I know. Well, you know, I, on, on a positive note, I can say, uh, Oh, that experience I've mentioned on your show before in upstate New York at Fultonville, well, Oriesville, really. But uh, at Our Lady of Martyrs Shrine up there, that was a feel unlike any other place I've really been where I experienced the paranormal, well, religious paranormal. And it was a feeling of the divine, if you will, and very positive. And I'm not the only one that's experienced that feel there. There's a priest at my church. uh, He's a good you know, good guy. He's uh, not a stuffed shirt, if you will, and he's a Irish priest, which of course makes him better even than that. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that uh, you know he's a commonsensical type guy, but he experienced that same feeling of the sacred, if you will, at Our Lady of Martyrs Shrine in Orysville. Mm-hmm. And uh, in other words, there's little pockets of negativity and little pockets of good out there. It was really. Oh, I, I think there's far more good than. But of course, that's. As far as we're concerned, that's sort of a relative term. I mean, uh, uh, say a parasite comes and, you know, it sucks all your energy out and lives on, you know, uh, on the misery of your family. I mean, is the parasite evil or is it just trying to live? Is a mosquito evil if it, if it, if it you know, feeds on your blood? I think the parasites might be more because they know what they're doing. I've run yeah. into parasites who allegedly claimed that they were sorry they had they, they talking to their hosts. They were sorry they had to live this way. Or at least I should say one. I shouldn't say they said there was one. 
But uh, again, you can't really trust them. So who knows? Uh, but you'd be interested in this, Kevin. Uh, here in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, we have a uh, our own um, uh, saint, so to speak. Uh, yeah. Never been canonized. I think there was a lot of politics involved. But uh, Marie oh, yeah, Rose yeah. Farron. Now, huh. Marie Rose Farron uh, lived until the 1930s, and she's buried in the uh, Precious Blood Cemetery here in Woonsocket. I pass that three or four times a day. However, uh, at one point in 1999, I went in and uh, I took some pictures around her grave, which is uh, a, a flat stone. It's got her biography on it, and there are always flowers on it. A lot of people come and pray there. Well, I, I didn't really know one way or the other what to think of this. I pass her house all the time, uh, but she has a global following. And oh, really? when, when these pictures came out, they were actually color slides. That's how far back this was. There were five in a row that were very, very strange. The first one was completely black. Now, this is a, a normal, a little bit overcast, but, you know, a normal day, normal light, 35-millimeter camera, an expensive one. It wasn't a piece of junk. Right. Uh, the second shot, you, you, was there was a little bit of light, and you could just barely see her stone. Yeah. The third shot, there, you could see it was brighter. It looked like there was light coming from somewhere else, and the stone next, next to hers. Uh, the fourth one uh, was quite bright, and the fifth one... Uh, was um, completely normal. And uh, you can compare the cloud formations in the back of, of the scene, you know, in, in the background, uh, and they're all the same in the photos in which you can see them. So it's obviously, obviously taken at the same place at the same time. I never knew quite how to interpret that. Uh, there was a feeling of quietness and, and serenity at this grave. Um, but those um, those will be in in our book that's coming out next year. The first time Ben and I've written a book together, Cosmic Journeys, oh. coming out coming out from Schiffer. Ooh, nice, um, nice title. Next year, yeah. Well, we'll see if they change it. Cosmic Journey uh, behind oh. the paranormal. <laughs> yeah. So um, those pictures will be in there, and and uh, they're quite interesting. Also on our on our talking points page for our show, I'll, I'll have to get the date. It's twenty. 09 or 2010. And that lady's name was Farron, was it? F-A-R-I-N, I guess? F-A-R-R-O-N. Marie Rose Farron. Her her followers call her Little Rose. She had the stigmata. And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, one thing that cuts ice with me, I used to pray at the, the tomb of, of a Brother Andre, now St. Andre Bessette in Montreal, because I spent a lot of time in Canada. And uh, this is when I was a seminary student. And, you know, people would think that's morbid. And his body's right there in the glass case. But it was the most wonderful, peaceful place to be and to pray. And he came to Woonsocket and uh, sort of endorsed her, well, you know, during her lifetime. And that cuts ice with me. So, huh. you know, people can decide for themselves. Eric. Well, that, that's really that, that's really swell. I mean, I well, you know, I know what I experienced. Now, it was so awesome that I was trying to work a deal. <laughs> really? Said, Look, if all if yeah, if all I mean, honestly, I mean, if all this is out there, how about if I just cash my chips in right here at the, at the shrine? I'll just croak right here and you know <laughs> make a move to the other side. And I guess they threw me back in like a trout in the lake or something. But uh, well, somehow, but I, somehow yes, it doesn't work that way. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I was trying to think, oh, come on, let's cut the preliminaries out and let's go. <laughs> but, I mean, 
But well, you know, I, you get I, to a certain point. I'm sure Kevin and I'm sure Heidi. I have no idea how you how old you are. You're probably a child compared with us. But uh, oh, yeah. yes, I am. <laughs> okay, you don't have to agree with us. But sometimes, you know, you, you look back and you can see why things happened the way they were. Now, I, at least that happens to me. Now, I don't know. Either I'm becoming wiser or I'm becoming a self-satisfied idiot. I don't know. But I think <laughs> you can see, I think, why things happened the way they did. Yes, but I mean, sometimes, well, sometimes it, it's not a good thing. It isn't like I'm working some grand plan. It's like. I'm doing time in Folsom down here. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You still live in, in uh, Texas. Yeah, that's right. But I don't know. I think that if you if you are if you have a certain spiritual detachment, which I think you also have to have when you do paranormal work, yeah. uh, a certain detachment, and a lot of people don't understand what that is, and a certain inner peace, and the mind is clear, nothing for the parasites to feed on. Uh, then you're you're in a lot better shape, and you can perhaps see things more clearly. It's maybe that's why people have paranormal experiences more at night, supposedly, than they do during the day, because your mind is quieter at night. Yeah, it certainly would be. Aware, yeah. so I, I don't. Maybe that's maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Or maybe the parasites can attach and suck a little bit harder when uh, you're not <laughs> as on top of things. You know. Well, exactly. <laughs> so. You're pumping out all kinds of energy, <laughs> and uh, you you can ring the dinner bell. I guess. see it all the time. Oh, this is true. Hmm. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I don't know. It's just, uh, it, it, but that is nice that there's some places that have that, that very, very strange, yet very positive feel to them. I mean, I, you know, if I spent the rest of my life at the shrine, I'd be relatively happy. But uh, sure. But you wouldn't be well, able to swear as much as you like to there, Kevin. So well, I am a little hard bitten, Paul. I, mm. I see. Well, yeah. that, that's got to be the, the Texas, uh, I suppose. No, it's. I was raised by a Navy chief, and I'm just. Uh... Oh, say no more. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're like Coast Guard chiefs, like. <laughs> oh, they're worse. <laughs> you know. I can tell you a lot of chief stories. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we live in a very interesting place here. Uh, this part of Rhode Island is uh, known as the Northwest Hills, and it's uh, New England upland from a uh, sort of topographical point of view. And uh, the hill we live on is known as surprisingly. Oh, Paul, uh, Paul yeah. can we just hold on that? We'll oh, be right sure. back. I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm very interested, though, very much. We'll be right back. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Illinois. Are you looking for a cure for boredom? Never worry. IRN's new interactive website introduces a number of ways to pass time while you listen to your favorite show. Choose anything from the IRN Chat Lounge, the Game Lounge, Video Lounge, or the Mood Lounge. These fun, exciting features let you chat in real time with fellow listeners, view live skywatches, play daily posted online games, or pick a show based on topic. The choices are endless. Use your time wisely, keeping it all on IRN. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. MJ. 
This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E dot com. Simple, raw, organic. Hollis and Paul, I'm sorry, you were saying about the geographic location uh, uh, just before the break. Oh yes, uh, well the, the the topography of a certain area may have something to do with how weird it is, but uh, our area, um, Woonsocket Hill here, is um, rather strange. It, the whole hill is a giant ground plane antenna, so to speak, because oh. it's full of water, high groundwater, and uh, that will do funny things with electromagnetic fields at times. Uh, you, you can sit out pretty much in our driveway and turn on a CB radio and, and get somebody in the Midwest sometimes. You know, really? If, condition, if conditions are good. Uh, because wow. of this receptivity, because of this ground plane antenna kind of situation. Well, there are all sorts of... Um, it, this is a hotbed area. There are all sorts of strange things. If you read books of New England folklore, you might run into a um, story called The Devil's Hole. Well, we live about... Um, oh, yeah. You know, a couple hundred yards from that. All right. So, <laughs> a couple uh, hundred yards. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, it's in the woods behind our house. Uh, ben um, and his uh, friends and cousins uh, have had some very interesting experiences in the woods there. Uh, ben used to, uh, w before he, we were already starting on the radio, I said, you're going to have a, his mother and I said, you're going to have a real job first before you become some kind of radio star, right? So he worked in a nursing home, which is on top of the hill in the kitchen. And he had he walked up through those woods to come back and forth to work sometimes, except when it was dark, he wouldn't do it. We had to go pick him up. And there were Bigfoot sightings. Uh, he's had all kinds of odd presences. Uh, we actually had a camera crew out there at the Devil's Hole at 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> this kind of thing. Oh, and I was worried that he goes into one of these, like, trances, and he's going to hurt himself, right? So... Um, 
it's uh, it's a strange place. Now, on the other hand, we feel at our house at uh, Castle Eno here, uh, we have our, <laughs> our library, and I carry on my mole-like existence every day in my office down here with the the library of four thousand books and and uh, my oh, wow. eccentric projects. Uh, we feel very very protected, and uh, at, I have actually seen uh, one or two of the guardians uh, out in our sunroom. I was going out to do my uh, treadmill one day, kind of this workout, and there was a. Uh, it was dark, but it was the lights were all on. Uh, there was a uh, the huge brown back of a enormous bear-like creature, yeah. just going by the windows. And uh, there there are some bears around, but they're they're little black bears the size of kittens, right. you know, right, and. Right. Uh, and uh, this, I felt incredibly safe and protected and at peace. Well, how did you know this was a guardian as opposed to something? Because I felt incredibly protected and at peace. Oh, okay. You know, oh, okay. And uh, nothing bad ever happens in here. Uh, around us, things do, and we we try to project, you know, the white light thing, which actually does work to the whole community. And, and this is as a brand of whiskey that makes Kevin feel the exact same way. Oh, okay. Okay, well, <laughs> there's a relationship there. I don't know. Bushville's Irish whiskey. At our old See, place, told you. <laughs> you're both going to think I'm nuts after this one, but at the old place, this gets into the good world. Uh, we had uh, out in the woods of Cumberland, Rhode Island, and that's just down the river here. Uh, we had uh, a little lodge. I called it the lodge out in the woods. There's a little... Uh, kind of like a log cabin thing, very small, where I would go to meditate and, and this sort of thing, just kind of get away from it all in the woods there. Uh, and um, at one point, I felt very, very peaceful. I, I opened the door, and it was at night, and there was what we call one of the lion people standing yeah. there. These these are these are all parallel world beings in our opinion, because it's not all people out there. Every quantum physics will tell you that every... Possibility. Every possible p- possibility exists out there yeah. in concrete form in one way, or at least that's the way some interpret it, and that's yeah. what we see. And uh, this this particular being was just looking at me. With, they have bo- kind of bodies like horses, and the faces look like lions. Okay, kind of. And th- there's a photograph of one of these um, on our sh- one of our show talking points pages, and oh. this. Um, This wonderful creature just looked at me with great peace, turned around and walked away, and I could hear its footfalls in the leaves of the forest floor. Do you know there was was a painting of such a creature, uh, gosh, probably over 10 years ago when I was doing lectures across the country, and I used uh, this this painting part of the presentation to show the different types of uh, alien beings that people reported experiencing. Well, the question, well, alien, again, an arbitrary term, are they alien right. because they're from another planet or because they're from a parallel reality that happens to intersect with ours? And I think... Exactly. It's hard, <clears> to, it's hard to slap a title on something, but some I always say yeah. some things exist without us being able to define yeah. it. Now, we have photographs of these things, for Pete's sake, you know? Um, also, oh. the... Uh, and these are like regular, these, these creatures with the horse body and the lion head, these are regular creatures that hang in that locale where you're at? I mean... Well, no, I, I think that, again they, they they come and go. There are many uh, physicists who will say that in these parallel worlds, if they exist, uh, there are very likely uh, many worlds with with different laws of physics. Uh, 
Uh, ours may be rather odd because of its laws of physics. There seem to be many where the, the inhabitants can come and go. Uh, one of the experiences I had with a human I suppose interaction uh, was based uh, was was when I was uh, working at the Ogdensburg State Hospital in New York, up upstate New York on the Canadian border, St. Lawrence River, uh, oh, yeah. in the 70s as a seminary student, and uh, there was a um, hallway in one of the wards that was considered very strange. They didn't like to be there at night. The staff was nervous about it, and oddly enough, the chapel was in that hallway. So uh, I spoke to one of the patients who said said she was a psychic medium. And that uh, the what people were feeling was the ghost of a man who was waiting for his wife to die, and he was going to take her home. That's exactly oh, the way she put it. Okay. Well, oh. I said, but in the, even in the late in the mid seventies, I was beginning to doubt the traditional. Uh, approach to these things, the spiritualist approach. I said, you know, there's so much more to it that that's not good enough. So um, as a seminary student, they didn't think it was odd when I started to spend a lot of time in the chapel. And right. uh, I were doing that because I was putting myself into a meditative state, and I find that I can sometimes communicate, not, not deliberately, you know, because I think that's dangerous and stupid. Right. But right. Uh, there are ways, I think, to do that. So sure enough, uh, there was a man who was waiting for his wife, and he was going to take her home. But he was, he was waiting, if I got it right, he was waiting in the railroad station across the river in Canada for his oh. wife to come in on the train. He was going to take her home. But in his world, his version of our world, which is very similar to ours, uh, you could speak to the neighbors. And he referred to it as the neighbors. And the neighbors not just being in the next house, but being in the next world. Okay? Really? <laughs> uh, parallel realities. And uh, that was all there was to it. And she, I think this, this woman who was a patient was doing exactly what so many other psychic mediums do, and they pick up these stimuli and they interpret it in the narrow way yeah. that we understand these things. Far too narrow to get it right. They pick it up, but I think they interpret it wrong. Or maybe I'm inter interpreting it wrong, but this has happened again and again and again. That sure uh, sounds like that show Sliders from years ago. I love yeah. Sliders. I never oh, saw that, was that a show. show. Oh, oh boy. it was remarkable. What? Paul, I am hanging up. Right I made now. it a. Po I made it a point. <laughs> I'll tell you, Heidi, I made it a point not to watch these shows, and I don't watch very many of them today. I watch very few, if any, of the ghost hunter-type shows because I don't want – first of all, I, I – yeah, this, this was, this was kind of be unique because – I don't want suggestibility. Kind of like, well, I know, but this was kind of unique because it was like the alternate reality aspect, like everybody – you know, like one guy would have ten different versions of himself, if you will. And mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one, oh, really? Okay. Well, I, guess I, I, yes. I did see Quantum Leap one time, and I was utterly disgusted because they say they're totally separate worlds, and they jump from one to the – at least that's the way I saw it. But I don't know. Well, maybe you I know, should, he might uh, be a player for the Yankees in one lifestyle right. to run a run – a, one dimension or the next one or something. All right. You know? Okay. Right. Okay. Well, maybe I was wrong. Perhaps yeah. I one just... dimension to the next, and there are parallel universes, and it was okay. really cool. I enjoyed it. Well, that show oh, was it was exactly. a very innovative show. It really yeah. was. I was going to ask was you, that? Paul. It, oh, this was probably like 10, 90s. 15 years ago. Oh, okay. In the nineties. Nineties. Yeah. I got. I got to ask you, Paul. If um, you know, speaking of parallel universes, and and let me know if this has happened to you, or if this this is something that. Um, you know, it's close to home or you heard others experience, but especially while I was in college, I did not like to sleep at night because I would go into such a, it almost seemed like a whole other life. I hated to wake up from it. So I would sleep during the day because, you know, my college roommates would pop in and out, you know, the dormitories and everything. And, and, uh, I never got like 
really into, you know, my, my whatever other reality and it, and it didn't feel so horrible, you know, to have to break away all the time. It, it felt like a whole other life that I was going to. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, while I slept. So, but sleeping in the dirt during the daytime, it was broken up. So, I mean, is that something that you've experienced or you've heard of people experiencing, like, like a whole other life when you went to sleep? Oh well, other than having a very frustrating college career, as you must have had, you graduated two years ago, right? <laughs> uh, I think yeah. that, that uh, no, that happens to me all the time. Although I, I. I long ago accepted it as uh, normal and I don't mind getting up in the morning. I look forward to getting up in the morning. And, uh, but I, I think that uh, if for many, many years and really to some extent now uh, when I was an editor at the Providence Journal, the Metro daily around here, uh, you you put the morning paper out at night, the night before. Right. And uh, I would come home and my wife worked in a law office uh, nine to five. So she couldn't, you know, had no, ability to, to, you know, manipulate your schedule. So I'd come home one one in the morning or so. I'd get up like at seven, get uh, Ben uh, and before him, his brother, off to the bus stop. And then I'd, I'd try to make up for some sleep in the afternoon. So I got into this 20-year habit of sleeping in the afternoons. So with my sleep broken up like that, I found that I remembered a lot more that occurred during sleep than you would normally if you had one sleep cycle. True. So... I, and I got into the habit of writing things down. To this day, I keep a dream journal. And I found precisely what you said, Heidi. As a matter of fact, I found that I would, when I would be in these worlds, um, that, for example, that there were some that were very beautiful. I, and despite the work in the paranormal, I, I never have nightmares. I was always in good places, mm-hmm. um, with, with a few rare, rare exceptions. Uh, my oh, my oh, wife oh, and I would frequently visit a restaurant or cafe on a street corner in a little town in Pennsylvania. In in dreams, okay? Now, I've never oh. got her to talk about whether she actually has the same dreams, but I would have memories of a whole life in that area, uh, memories of having been there many times before. I knew people I would see on the street. We would talk. This happens all the time, and I think that these are probably, in my opinion, parallel world experiences of worlds where we've had whole lives and have memories. Oh, I'm, I'm certain of it. I, I get it still every once in a while, but not as much as I did in college. That was something else. Uh, the older I get, the more that happens. And all I can think of is that passage from Joel, you know, the prophet Joel, that, mm-hmm. uh, what, what is it, that young men shall see visions and old men will dream dreams? Right. right yeah, right. And, I thought uh, it was referring to the end times. And it wasn't end referring times? to the end times, that part? Well, in the multiversal sense, there's no... That that term has no meaning. How can there be an end? But it's it was all, in Revelations, though, correct? That part, Joel. Well, you know the early, no. the early church, uh, the three twenty five A.D. And, and I know that that Kevin knows this. Uh, the uh, that's when they. Uh, decided what would be in the Bible, okay? The yes, big council, a lot of other things, right? And uh, they were there was a lot of revelation. Barely, it was considered kind of too weird, and it it got in, and I'm sure it got in for a reason. <laughs> but a lot of the ancient fathers were very suspicious about it, that kind of thing. Right. Right. And people, and, and then in the 18th century. Uh, early 19th century, uh, people who didn't know Greek took it and ran with it, and you got the end times, and you got, and sure, there 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 are going to be end times, but I mean, as far as um, so, some of the some of the uh, the fundamentalist interpretations, if I may use that term, uh, th- that's a relatively new interpretation of that oh, book. I, I don't uh, need to interrupt Paul, but we're at our yeah. last break, and we'll be right back. We'll be right back.
You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. Do you have a smartphone? If so, Inception Radio Network is the best app for you. Available on iTunes, Android, Samsung, and most other app stores. Just search Inception Radio Network. With the app, you can listen live, check out podcasts of recent and past shows, view our videos, see what shows are coming up, who the guests are, and, via the chat room, send live questions to those guests. You know it makes sense. Check your app store now. Inception Radio Network. I'll see you there. Inception Radio Network listeners, would you like your favorite show to be played live on air? Well, now the choice is in your hands with IRN's Live Request Portal, an easy way to request your favorite show with a simple click. IRN's Live Request Portal now gives you exclusive access to all the shows. How easy is it? Simply type a show name or a guest name, click request, and even write a dedication message. That's it. Try it now. Simply visit InceptionRadioNetwork.com. Click on the Live Request tab under the show menu. Playing your favorite show is just a mass click away. Listeners, this is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E dot com. Simple, raw, organic.
it's great to be back with Paul and Heidi. And there's so much interesting information. What kind of guests have you had on up there lately behind the paranormal? It's been a pretty good crew of guests. Well, we were looking forward to Jason Jarrell uh, last night with the uh, talking about the giants of uh, oh, history yeah. and folklore, the Nephilim and all. We've never done a show on that before in eight years. Uh, but unfortunately, he had a personal emergency and couldn't come on. So I had to do it. Uh, and Ben wasn't there because it was a work schedule. So I had to, like, lecture. Actually, I didn't lecture. We have open line shows every now and then. Yeah. With, oh, p- piles and piles of questions from people. And I tried to address that one from a physicist last night who was uh, expressing a different opinion about quantum mechanics. But there are many different opinions about it, you know. Um, None other than Fred Allen Wolf was on the show a few years ago, and he agreed with us. Uh, so no, we have uh, Rosemary and, Rosemary Ellen Guiley coming out in a few weeks. Uh, we have oh uh, yeah 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 she's uh, writing the preface to my my next book, not the one Ben and I wrote, but the one after that. And um, we have uh, everybody from the big names all the way down to people to whom fascinating things have happened, and they they tell their stories. And then we have a lot of the open lines. So there's there's never any. A uh, shortage of, of paranormal subjects to deal with because uh, the more you get into it, the more interesting it gets. It does, truly. <laughs> oh, and, and you know, you'd, I'd have to have Heidi on because she's like a paranormal encyclopedia. I mean, she's, I mean, yeah, I think I found my uh, a new guest for our show. As a matter of fact, <laughs> oh <laughs> man, good. I mean, she gets. I mean, these shadow men are having cigarettes at her coffee table <laughs> practically. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just one thing after another. And, uh, well, get this, uh, Kevin. I just got an invite, uh, was it just yesterday, actually, to go on Midnight in the Desert. So I've never oh, not been on there. So, yeah, uh, well, it was Art Bell. Like the, yeah, it was Art Bell. I, I don't know if he'll oh. pop on. There's a possibility, but we'll yeah. see. Who's the host? Well, now? yeah, I know. It, but, you know, it's uh, it is, it's a, such a weird world. And it wasn't that – now – the one place I can say that was not, it was kind of spooky in its own way, but pleasantly spooky. And you all probably not familiar with this area, but if you drive up from, uh, up from Jacksonville, up through Savannah, you're going up the coast of Georgia. There's it, it. I mean, this is where Blackbeard the pirate used to hang because there were all kinds of coves and stuff. I mean, you could, I mean, even today you could probably run drugs very, very happily right into South Georgia because there's so many coves and inlets and it's very sparsely populated. What I'm saying is it had a weird feel because you drive up there and, there, and the Spanish moss would be in the trees and moonlight and mm. no, tr- no, no uh, lights from any houses, anything, no street lights, no nothing. It was, it, in other words, the most isolated little section of the country you'd ever want to be in. And it was that was actually a pleasant feel, though. Hmm. Somebody's yeah. asked in the in the chat room if there's ever been a case of teleportation in those areas. Yes, all the time. Uh, yeah, it's uh, things appear, things disappear, uh, and, and this happens globally. Really, you, know, you put your keys down, you turn around. Oh yes, and yes. you know it's gone. But you know, unless something's throwing, uh, fr- doing frisbee with your fine china right at your head or something, then you don't notice it a lot. You just say it's one of those things, and you you go on with your day. But uh, no, but in this area, those things seem to be exacerbated. Mm-hmm. Uh, things change, you know, and and that's. Um, that that's a staple of daily life over there and in many other places. Wow. You know, Paul, we actually I actually had one of those once in my early twenties, mm-hmm. because I was a I had a business partner who was an older salesman, like a second father to me. But he, uh, at the time, I was sticking around running the office in the warehouse because Sue was pregnant and 
every time you left, all hell break loose or something. So, so usually I, after I, they're born. Oh uh, no! I just well, I mean, it, believe me. I sometimes I went just as far as Birmingham because I know it's only a hundred miles away. So when all hell breaks loose, I could just easily drive back to Atlanta. But, <laughs> but at any rate, what happened was I was, uh, you know, I had a couple, you know, you know, Hugh and another salesman working for me, and they were out selling, and I just ran the warehouse and the office, and and it was one of those deals where you know where every box, every, uh, every speck of dust is, you know. And it was a very strange deal, but not drive spending too much time on it. But basically, yeah, there was an odd bunch of shipping tape that was unlike any other that we hardly ever sold that was in a very peculiar sized box that was right next to the office door that led to the warehouse. And the UPS driver would come in the afternoon and he'd pick up all the packages. And, you know, when they did it, they'd have to sign, you know, they'd sign the sheet and there's 20 different packages. And what I'm saying is you had the same guy all the time. What I'm saying is this this very bizarre f- form of tape and packaging disappeared. Nobody else was ever in there but me and the UPS driver. No one. Hmm. No one. Uh, my business partner was in there. I said, did you take the samples? I mean, far, I don't care. He burned them in, in an ashtray. I could care less. But what I'm saying is he didn't. And, but I, I mean, this was a deal. It was like, it was like uh, something like a secret it had the level of, of exoticness that, that, that seeing a three-toed alien would be. Because, <laughs> Paul, there was no way for anyone to take that package. You would have to make an effort of grabbing it and running with it. And I was the only one there, and I was very meticulous in where everything was and all that. And it wasn't anything anybody would steal, no. And... There was no good explanation, and that is, uh, to me, even to this day, it's been 40 years on, that that was an example of teleportation. Well, I, uh, that happens here all the time. Uh, I was go- tearing my hair out as we were preparing the book manuscript of Cosmic Journey for publishing, uh, you know, to send to the publisher. You had to have all the photographs and all the, that business, too. And I was tearing my hair out looking for a, an old picture of myself standing with Ed and Lorraine Warren of, of Conjuring fame oh, in, yeah. uh, yeah. in 1975, right after that Bridgeport poltergeist thing. And um, I had given everything, it seemed like it had disappeared. Well, I walked into the back room, which is not the neatest place in the house here, but I have all my files and stuff in there. And right on the floor in front of my feet was the very picture I was looking for. Yeah. No idea. Just in time to send to the publisher. So I don't know what that yeah, it's was like. About, it was waiting was there for you. I know. Yeah. But, but that that's similar to to what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, there was only two people other than the UPS guy. And even oh, by the way, even when the UPS guy would come to take the packages to their very you know to load on the truck, I would of course sign, he would sign the sheet and this and that. And, I mean, you had a book in those days where he'd sign it and take it. But I was out there with him. I mean, it, I mean, there's no way. And if he did take it, he'd bring it back. What I'm saying is there was no good explanation for the disappearance no. of that box. None. Well, we and have. Uh, oh. I'm sorry. Here, here we have teleporting cats. OK. Huh. Uh, out better. in that sunroom where I saw that guardian, I believe, Ursine fellow, uh, there was um, 
a cat who lived next door, wonderful guy. He's uh, since translated, and uh, maybe he's a bear now. I don't know. But uh, he w- would run into our house. Did you ever, did you ever see the, the Christmas story, uh, like the famous film, you know, with Ralphie and all that at Christmas time? Of and the, course. And the father has trouble with the Bumpus's dogs, always trying to get to that. Well, we had the Bumpus's cats. There were four cats oh. always trying to get into our house who, who didn't live here. But oh. uh, one came in, and, and I picked him up gently. I, I really loved him. And I, and I put him outside, and, and I locked the door. I walked over toward my treadmill. I heard a thump, and there he was back in the, in the room again. Really? Yeah. And, I mean, this so is, there's this no is, way he could have been able to do that. No, unless, they knew how to unlock, unless he had a key, opened the door, and yeah. came back in and shut it and locked it again in a matter right. of a second or two. But but this is this is daily life in Eno land here. You know, I mean, this is where we live. It's uh, very no Yeah. And yet it's it's all positive. We feel protected. And yeah. uh, there's nothing negative here. Better than Disneyland. <laughs> I suppose. So for, those, so for those <laughs> going to the Internet, it's it's behind the paranormal uh, and uh, I, is it, it's behind the paranormal dot com, isn't it? That's that's correct. What? Not beyond okay. behind behind. I'm sorry. Yes, behind. hopefully we're not too far behind. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, and Heidi, uh, Heidi, I just uh, friended you on Facebook. So, woohoo! Yay! All right, sounds good. I'll send you a message. <laughs> Great. Well, listen, Paul, you take care. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you yes, very much, Kevin. Truly, thank you. Listen, for if you want to do, do a Padre Pio show whenever you want, let's do that. Awesome. I'll do that. Okay, okay great. Okay. Well, take I, care, well, Paul. I, guess I better tell you good night, and then we'll mention next week's show, and then we'll sail off into the sunset. <laughs> Or I will anyway. <laughs> I will sail off of the Chicago. Oh gosh, oh. exhausting day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it sounds like it was. But you know, uh, now next week we're going to have a politically oriented show, and uh, oh. that'll be. And I'm trying to hunt down John Podesta too. Joe gave me this his info, and he never did call back. But I'll keep after this bozo, and um, he. Uh, so I'll have to eat my Wheaties for breakfast that day so I can Well, yes, but the, the variant, once again, there's something very interesting about old Hillary bringing up the UFO thing. It I is. mean, yes, but if it has to have merit. I mean, she's not bringing it up just to be a ding, you know, silly <laughs> and uh, a dingbat or something. I mean, and, you know, she's privy to all kinds of information. Let's face it, she's married to the president forever. I mean, uh now there was the real issues. What I'm saying, and uh, obviously the Clintons have had an interest in, in these issues for a long, 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 long time, and right. legitimate. So, so uh, um, I gotta let people know this Friday I'm going to relaunch my show 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. So it should be fun. Okay. Well, you take care, fellas. And come on back. All right. Good night, everybody.
it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.